I'm Robin. And I'm Molly. And this is Home is Where the Murder Is. Yeah, it is. Hey, how's it going, Molly? Pretty good, because technology works just perfectly. We have been at it for quite a while, because our podcasting equipment likes to change its mind on how to operate every time we use it. I think there might be a ghost in the house, but I don't. I don't actually You, you think don't that. believe in ghosts. I know, but who I else do. is doing this? The children, maybe? Yeah. I just think it's funny that last night my mic was working great and yours was not. And now we had to switch mics because yep. mine was not working. Yep. And we were hearing weird noises last night. I'm just saying, like, something's up. I'm, I mean, I can't deny anything you just said. There's something weird going on. Yeah. So we hopefully will at some point understand this. Maybe we Probably won't. Not. Maybe we won't, but we're trying, so. Yeah, well, and we're growing, so it was kind of a big day. We got the website up. Oh, yeah. So the website, it's not what I want it to be yet. But um, it's something. But it was. Something is better than nothing. Yeah, I got the do- domain through GoDaddy, and they give you, like, a free site you can play with, so I did that to start with. So it's home is where the murder is dot godaddy.com i don't i think my that probably might is wrong now that i think about it but i did put the link in our facebook page and it will be included on our show notes so there's that and it's pretty nice so go check it out yeah robin did nice work on I that did. i worked on that all day today so um and then of course we have to give our sponsor a shout out aaron schmitz with epic mortgage if anyone is looking to refinance or get a loan for a home please reach out to eric i said eric because i say epic and aaron oh yeah yeah it's aaron schmitz with epic mortgage he's the freaking bomb and uh, he and i have done a lot of deals together so you'll definitely want to reach out to him his contact information is on our website and on our facebook and we will put it in the show notes as well yeah he's on our website even so yeah yeah go check aaron out yeah so, I don't have a whole lot to, like, recap about life. No. No. So, I think I'd like to get right into this murder. Let's just jump into it. But I have to tell you, it's a bad one. So, so a little warning. It there's, a, there's, like, this is a huge warning. Like, if you have a weak stomach, because you, you can't listen to this one. I'm sorry. It is by far one of the worst. Like, if you thought Dahmer was bad, this is kind of worse. That's frightening. Yeah. So I'm going to need you to um, decide now if you are in or out because it's rough. So there's your warning. You like have a rough choice. in what way? What should they know? Do you, there is uh, it, ch- children. Like just gory there's children, children okay. involved. Gory. Just absolutely. the uh, There's animal cruelty. I just think of the worst possible things ever to this happen. This person really checked all the boxes, huh? He's the worst. Um, so, yeah, if you can't handle it, I'm. I don't want to hear in a review that you're mad that we we did this episode because I'm warning you right now, it ain't good. Okay. Like I feel bad that you have to sit here and listen to this. I was just saying earlier about how I started to gag a couple times just researching it. So, it's not good. Whoa. So, on that note. Whoa. Yeah. Let's get started. Let's do it. This is the case of the werewolf butcher, which, ooh, you guys, I have such a hard time saying the word werewolf. <laughs> werewolf. It's going to be a real 
hands and hands situation going on. Oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) I I literally, werewolf is how I was saying it earlier. Werewolf. 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 No, no. No. Oh, no. Anyway, so the werewolf butcher. Roy Wilson was born August 30th, 1969 in Spokane, Washington. He grew up on a farm with his four siblings and was the only boy in the family. His mother had been married four times, and when Roy was around 11 years old, his mother's husband, at the time, adopted Roy and legally changed his name to his, making Roy Jack Owen Spillman III. Ooh, that's Mm -hmm. a name. Yep. His siblings continued to call him Roy because of how late in life the change came, not to mention the children were never close with any of the men their mother married. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, married well, four times, too. Well, and, like, my son is going to be 10. Can you imagine, like, me just changing his name? You know, he knows who he is. Right. Like, that's that's, that's a hard thing for yeah. someone to be like, hey, guess what? Yeah, That's not your name. Yeah. So like, what? And then, I have so many pencils with my name on yeah, it. And then, or I have a wooden box I carved my name in. What am I going to do now? Yeah, Erase right? it? God. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where I was getting exactly. out of it, too. Well, and his family, like his sisters, continued to call him Roy um, for the rest of his life even. So, I mean, very confusing. But um, so all the men were all abusive and Roy's older sisters, April and May, would do their best to protect their little brother from the mean men their mother continued to bring into their lives. Oh, that's sad. She sounds like a real peach. Um, It is sad, but it's nice that his sisters were always there for him. They were trying to look out for him. Um, so from this point further, I am going to refer to Roy as Jack, as this is when the new name was gifted to him. So everything that happens after that is Jack's doing. And he, and he couldn't return it. There was no receipt. Nope. God, you say the best things. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm here. So Jack was described by his family as quiet and withdrawn. He would often play by himself, but his sisters assumed it was because he was the only boy and he just didn't want to be hanging out with girls all the time, which is understandable. I can see that, yeah. His oldest sister, May, said he was odd, but she never thought of him as evil and looking back would have never thought of him as a bad person either. Hmm. Some early signs that would alarm the fuck out of us because we're constantly researching crimes were that Jack would sit on the couch for hours, just rocking back and forth. Oh. Okay, yeah, do the visual. Like, that's not cool. Just sitting there, yeah. The TV would be on, but he wouldn't even notice it. He would just oh. sit and rock. Family said that he would. Tr- they would try talking to him when he would be doing this, but it was like he was in a trance, and they would have to wait for him to snap out of it. Huh. Isn't that weird? It's very strange. Another kind of fucked up thing this guy did was he proudly presented a dead bunny to his sister, May. The kids used to catch wild bunnies and put them in a cage and play with them before letting them go. You know, typical farm kid stuff. Yeah. Jack would not admit to this at first, but his sister, May, said he presented her with one of those bunnies that she was earlier playing with and said he didn't know what happened to it, but he looked pretty damn proud of it being dead. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I don't know what happened. Yeah, right? Yeah. He eventually came clean but said that he accidentally squeezed it too tight. She told her mom what he had done, but she didn't give a shit. She never punished him for anything he did, and from what I've read, it just seemed like she just wanted the kids out of sight and out of mind. Hmm. 
Since he would never be punished, he went on to torture many more animals, and the family thought it was just a phase. I mean, I I don't think animal torture is ever a phase. No, if if, if you if my kid or your kids decided to start torturing animals, we'd have a sit down conversation. Yeah. So. Um. So Jack became a real swell guy in his teen years. He I began. Bet, I bet he did. <laughs> oh gosh, he began exposing himself to people, and eventually got kicked out of school in ninth grade for this. Yeah, that. There you go. Yeah, yep. that'll. Solid dude, huh? That'll do it. Yeah. At the age of 17, he was sentenced to 25 months in prison for burglary and theft. He ended up serving 21 months of that sentence and was enrolled in a work release program. The counselor assigned to him stated that based on his past crimes and his behavior during his time in prison, that he is a sexual deviant and a threat to society. So we should probably let him out for sure. Well, so the problem with it is they... Yeah, after his sentence is up, he's yeah. You get you can't hold him anyway. Yeah, what do you do? Yeah. So yeah, so he was released in September 1989, and it wasn't long before he was back in jail in April 1990. Um, this time for second degree burglary. So we're into the 90s. Uh huh. Jack thought he was a sly boy and could make a run for it, and attempted an escape in October of 1991. He was rearrested, and then t- uh, they tacked on 17 more months for that crime. In February 1993, he was released from prison. Some other shitty things Jack did but were not proven to be done by him until after he was really in trouble were, you ready for this? Yep. He attacked a woman whom he had been watching for some time. He knocked on her windows, and when she went outside to see what was happening, he attacked her. You never go outside. Yeah. I mean, not victim shaming at all. No. Oh, gosh, no. But, I mean, now you just, I mean. Yeah. Don't ever go outside. Just saying, like, if if someone's knocking at your window and you're like, I wonder who that is. Don't go go see it. Nope. Call the cops. Yep. (laughs) So she fought him off, luckily, and he, as he was leaving, he said her name and told her he would be back. She said, oh, good. Oh, super. Great. Um, he was accused of peeping in the windows of two little girls who were getting dressed. Oh, no. He exposed himself to a woman in the library. No one wants that. He broke into someone's home and slaughtered their kitten and left (gasps) it in the living room for the family to find when they came home. Yeah. That's awful. I mean, all of it's awful. It is awful. Oh, my gosh. But, like, this is why I gave a warning in the beginning of it, because this kind of stuff's going to keep popping up. Yeah. He had been working as a roofer nearby when this happened, which is why they thought it was him originally, but they couldn't pin it on him. But eventually they were able to. So, and then another crime he had was that he and a friend offered to give a woman a ride home from a local bar. The accomplice raped her, and when it was Jack's turn to do so, she managed to escape and report it to police. Unfortunately, the victim did not press charges, and Jack was eventually released, which at that time he moved in with his sister, May. Hmm. Um, during, uh, while he was living with his sister, he began to collect wolf memorabilia. Okay. I mean, it's the nineties. I collected dolphin things. Okay. So not, not the same, (laughs) but I I think most, um, young girls were obsessed with dolphins at one point. And we were. Because of Lisa Frank. Absolutely. Um. Absolutely. He was like in his mid-20s and he was collecting wolf things so, so. i don't think lisa made him do that no no <laughs> so she, she would never she would never she's that girl no um so when his sister may asked him about the wolves 
Wolves. Wolves. That, See? This is your hard oh word. We found it. <laughs> um, he said that he felt he could relate to them. They are quiet and observant. And they view things from a distance. May now looks back on it and realizes, yeah, they hunt their prey. Yeah. So kind of a creepy thing to think about. Yeah. Well, I mean, wolves are amazing animals, but if someone's identifying like with one, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, Yeah. but no, you're not. So this is a interesting scenario that happened while Jack was living with May. So one day May's daughter came home from school and was talking to her mom about how she and a friend were in an argument. May calmly spoke to her about the situation and told her it would all blow over when both girls were ready to talk and apologize, right? Mm-hmm. Jack was listening to the conversation and eventually got up and left the home. The next day, the police showed up at May's house and started questioning her daughter about what happened at her friend's house. So what happened at her friend's house? Probably nothing good. Nope. Apparently, someone broke into the home and burglarized it. And they vandalized it. Then, for good measure, they slaughtered the little girl's hamster. Oh, the hamster. Yeah. Do you know who did it? May. No. No? Jack did it. Oh, yeah, the wolf. The wolf did it. So, um, but the family had no idea it was him until after he admitted to it. Yeah. After he was arrested for this, even more heinous crimes um, would be committed soon. Um, so we'll, here's Jack's exact statement when he was asked about the crime. I went in the house, looked around, and there was like, in this cage, there was this hamster. I got it out of the cage, and then I got a knife and um, cut its head off and cut it all up and flung it around the room and stuck the knife in the panda's head for a reaction, I guess. And then they accused or they questioned my niece. I was there, you know. I was just like laughing to myself. Okay. So from what I've read, he did all of that again for reaction. So he purposely sp- spread the hamster's blood all over the room to yep. upset them. Yeah. And um, what makes me just disgusted even more was apparently so he's laughing when they were questioning his niece about this and his niece was really upset it's said in these documentaries that i watched that he loved his niece very much so it's like why would you well i think that's kind of obvious from i mean i mean not that he should have done what he did but like he felt defensive for his niece so he went over and did what he you know yeah i get it but like yeah so i just the whole thing's just which is interesting that he like cared about you know, some family members. Oh, yeah. He seemed, so to, much. he seemed to love his family. Yeah. So that was that. that's definitely interesting. So at one point, May received a flyer on her door warning people of a man who had been seen trying to break into homes. Can you guess who the sketch looked like? Um. Yeah, I can. Probably the wolf. The Jack. wolf. Jack. Jack the wolf. Yep. It looked like Jack and May showed it to him. When he saw it, he laughed and agreed that it did look like him, but assured her that he had not left the house. She ignored it and went about her day. Well, yeah, you kind of don't want to believe that. Of course Your not. brother that you love that, you know, yeah. would be part of that. Yeah. yeah. Even though he'd already been in jail twice Even though it for made burglary. sense, obviously, yeah. but, you know. Right. At this point, it's clear that Jack is a little weirdo. 
Yeah. He, Not, he has a... He has some things. I like how I say weirdo like that's it. Like he's just a little little weirdo. He's a strange bird. Not a fucking wackadoodle. Um, Not only was he obsessed with wolves. Fucking. (laughs) I'm sorry. Not only was he obsessed with wolves. He was fucking shit up in his community. But he was also incredibly fugly. Oh. Like I will post pictures of this guy. He's creepy. Oh. I mean, it's hard when someone just doesn't have anything going for them. (laughs) Sounds like he had nothing. He had nothing going for him. So, yeah. um, Even though he was pretty much one of the ugliest people I've ever come across, um, he did somehow find love and began dating one of April, his other sister's friends and co-workers. That relationship seemed all hunky-dory until one night his girlfriend woke up and Jack was standing over her just staring at her. That's not what you want to wake up to. Glazed over eyes, no blinking, just staring at her. That's creepy. I mean, maybe, you know, you could be like, maybe he's sleepwalking. Right. Well, he wasn't supposed to be there. Oh. So she said that he looked pure evil and she quickly flipped on a light and he snapped out of whatever trance he was in. Weird. He told her that he had just missed her and wanted to come over. She told him to go home and he did. And they went about the relationship like that crazy ass shit never happened. I mean, that's a flag, but I'm not. But like you wake up and, you know, you're like, OK, that was weird. Like, uh, yeah, but he just wanted to see me. Sure. OK. Yeah, OK. No. Like you try to explain things away as you do in a relationship. So we will later find out. I mean, so I don't think I put this in my notes here, but I did read it. Um, he does admit that he planned on killing her and then didn't. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's scary. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad that he didn't. And, so yeah. he was also asked about his break-ins. He had this to say, I got a rush from going in there and sneaking in the house with them always home. They're always home. Just to go in there and be in their house, be right next to them, and they don't even know it. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Yep. I don't like this guy. No. So now it's going to get even worse. Yeah, up until now, I mean, there's been bad things. I mean, it gets really bad. And again, you're going to have to turn around if you cannot handle. Turn around. Turn around. Just walk the other way. It's not, it's going to get real bad. And oh, I don't even, I don't even want to read it. Here we go. So Jack's girlfriend was living with a woman by the name of Dana, who had a young girl by the name of Penny Lynn Davis. Penny was born on May 26th, 1985 in Tacoma, Washington. Dana had moved Penny and her other daughter to a, a, a little bit. Nah, 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 nah. I know that place. Yeah. Yes. No. It's really nice. <laughs> I tried for the, I, I said this town numerous times and I knew I would F it up the second I was recording because it looks like Anus Valley, but it's an, an, an Anais, Anais, Anais. It's Anais. Ah, Anais. It's Anais, but it's not Anus. It's Anais Valley. Okay. Okay. So there's my sure. struggle. Oh my All God, right. I'm having a lot of them. Werewolf and anus. <laughs> oh, man. That's where they moved to, which is about 10 miles outside of Tenasket, Washington. Probably botching that name, too. It's like when people say Waukesha instead of Waukesha. Yep. Drives me nuts. I mean, it happens everywhere. Yeah. She had moved them from Tacoma as her mother wanted to give the kids a better life away from the drugs and violence. She wanted her babies to be safe. Aww. Unfortunately, that move put P- 
Penny directly in the reach of Jack Spillman. On September 17, 1994, 9-year-old Penny Davis was reported missing by her mother. She was last seen wearing a white, flowery t-shirt and purple stretch pants with a yellow stripe. She had blonde hair with hazel eyes. She stood 4 feet 6 inches and weighed only 70 pounds and had a scar on her knee. The entire community showed up to hand out flyers and look for the little girl, including Jack, who not only helped hand out flyers and look for her, but he had become so obsessed with the case that he recorded a news program about it and would watch it over and over again. Ugh. They love doing that. They love to help with the search and know that they're the reason yep. that people are searching. And, he told his sister that he just cared so much because he knew the little girl, which he did. Yeah. Later, May learned that he was just invested in the case because he didn't want them to find her body. Right. They did, however, eventually find Penny on March 28, 1995. Her body was found in McLaughlin Cannon, which is about 13 miles from her home. But it took scientists until July to identify her body. That's a long time. Her body was so badly decomposed that they had to use genetics testing to get a positive identification. So, yeah, this is in the 90s, so the, you know, DNA testing They have some of that stuff now, which yeah, is great. Not, yeah, they didn't have a lot back right. then, but... So, also upon studying her remains, they learned that she was not killed or even buried in the spot she was found. She had been moved from one burial site to where she was found, and that was proven by the type of insects they found on her body. Mm. Her original location is still unknown to this day. Jack was originally questioned by police, given his record and familiarity with the family, but they had nothing to hold him on, so he was free to go. However, the police always felt he was somehow involved. Yeah. All right. Here we go. If you guys are like, well, that wasn't so bad. This is the bad stuff. Okay. That was bad. Yeah, but it gets worse. Yeah. Because I didn't tell you how Penny died yet. Mm. But I'm not going to. I'm going to tell you about somebody else right now. Okay. Not long after Penny's body was found, another tragedy occurred in the area. Okay. Here we go. On April 12th, which is tomorrow, well, not when people are listening to this, but in our in, in our recording. recording world, tomorrow's April 12th. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah. So on April 12th, 1995, Jack broke into the home of Rita Huffman, 48, that she, and she shared it with her daughter, Amanda, 15. Located at 617 12th Street in East Wenatchee, Washington. The Huffmans always felt they were safe in their neighborhood to the point where they would leave their back door unlocked. I know. Don't do it. Okay. So before I go into what happens to the Huffmans, I'm going to give you a little background on who they were as people. Rita Gojean. Go, why does this happen to me? <laughs> Rita Gojanola was born on February 14th, 1947 to Paulino and Francis in Myrtle Creek, Oregon. She moved, I'm sorry, Oregon. I was going to say. Oregon is in Wisconsin. Yes, Oregon is. is a state. Yeah. <clears throat> she moved to Entiat when she was three years old. She had four brothers, Gus, Tony, George, and Ben. She married Jim Huffman on February 14th, 1979. So that was her birthday. And it was Valentine's Day. Oh, wow. So makes it easy. Triple whammy. But they would later divorce after having their two daughters. 
Rita worked at Leonard Evans Cars in Wenatchee and was dearly loved by her friends, family, and co-workers. Amanda was in ninth grade at Eastmont Junior High School. She played softball, soccer, hockey, and took karate. She was an honor student and known to be a great writer. She had been student of the month and a member of the Puentes Club. Which I found is like volunteer work and things like that. Aww, Very so cool. she was a, a great young woman. Yes. Her father, Jim, was the Douglas County Port Commissioner at the time of the tragic events. Which I'm going to go over right now. So get ready. Are you ready? I'm I really don't even not, but I here don't, I am. I don't want to say it. Okay. But here I am. All right. Oh God. After watching the Huffmans for months, Jack parked his black pickup truck. I don't like black pickup trucks. Molly does very not. Much. I looked at I I'm don't... triggered by them because whenever I'm driving like from way up north home. There's like, it's like there was a black pickup truck convention and everyone is on their way home and they have no time for anyone else. And you better just get out of their way because here comes the black truck parade. Yep. And it, yeah. So and they're just assholes. So if you drive a black pickup truck, you know where you stand. Well, you don't have to be though. That's the thing. These people all were. It was just funny it's... that on that ride home, yeah. they were coming home from up in, um, Wausau? No, way, way up north. Girls trip. Crivets? Yep. Oh, that was a long time ago. We've been talking about bl- big black trucks since Crivets? Yeah. Damn. That's a- Is that where we were? I think so. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so way up north and then, yeah. that's We went that's- off. We went off on a tangent yeah. just now. Anyways. So anyway, Molly doesn't like big black trucks. Not many. So Jack parked his big black truck near the back of the house and made his way in a little before 11 p.m. I'm sorry, 11.30 p.m. Rita had fallen asleep on the couch, and upon entry, Jack immediately began stabbing Rita. He stabbed her 31 times in the chest region. He cut off her breasts. He cut off her genitals and stuck them in her mouth. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. And then he sliced her body open from chest to genitals, exposing her internal organs. He then posed her body in a very graphic manner with her legs spread open to get a reaction from the police. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. That's... I told you it was bad. Wow. But the worst part is that his... That wasn't even his intended target. Wasn't even Rita. Yeah. He had been stalking Amanda. So after he was finished with Rita, he made his way upstairs to Amanda. Here we go. He took her softball bat and hit her in the head with it. The blow would eventually be what killed her, but before she was dead, he raped her while she was dying. When he was done raping her, he inserted the softball bat inside of her. Yeah. Her genitals were sliced off and placed on her face, and her mother's breast was laid beside her. It was proven that Amanda did have defensive wounds, which tells us that she did try to fight back against Jack. Mm. It should also be mentioned that Jack was working as a butcher at the time of these murders. Yeah. 
So. Yeah, I don't even know what to say. I told you it was bad. Ugh. Um, yeah. Does he ever say why he does this stuff? Um, like why those specific things or anything like that? He describes it that it's a hunger. All right. So. That does not give um, me an answer. He's, yeah, there's a couple of statements he's given, like, that he felt that women were like birds where you just sit and watch them. He just didn't value human life by any means. No. So. Um, so in the morning of April 13th, Rita's oldest daughter, Angie, who was 29, had been calling the house all morning to see if Amanda needed a ride to school. Since she was not getting an answer, she drove over to the house to see what was going on. She walked in and went straight to her sister's room, not looking in the living room, and was struck with instant horror when she saw what happened to her sister. She ran to a neighbor's house and called police. Man. So, I, from what I've seen and read, I don't believe she saw her mom. Hopefully not. So, I mean, seen her sisters. Yeah. But Bad enough. Awful. Just awful. So, as you can imagine, this shocked the community. Police began collecting evidence and paid a visit to May's house to talk with Jack. Why? 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 Because he is the craziest motherfucker around. We know a crazy guy. Yep. May told the officers that they had been in Seattle that day with with Jack and her daughter, which was true, but this attack happened at night. May stated that the only stop they made on their way back from Seattle was at a gas station. Investigators soon found that a call had been placed to the Huffman house from that exact gas station at the time that May said they were there. Hmm. Witnesses also started to come forward, stating that they saw a black truck behind the Huffman's house that night, and in the man inside the truck was just staring at the house, almost like he was in a trance. See a theme there? Yeah. Police put surveillance on Jack as they believed him to be the prime suspect. At one point, the family had driven out of town for Easter dinner, and a helicopter followed them from the whole, from all the way from May's house out of town to their other sister's house. May asked Jack if he had something to do with this, and he said maybe, and then went outside and began to taunt the police. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, possibly. On another occasion where he was being watched, he was driving in his truck, and he threw out a black ski mask. Cops picked it up, tested it, and found that Amanda's blood was where the mouth opening was. Jack had drank Amanda's blood. Oh, no. Yeah. With the amount of evidence they had on him, police arrested Jack and charged him with the murders of Rita and Amanda. At this point, they had his hair, DNA, and the crime at, and at the crime scene. Oh, and other evidence at the crime scene as well, including the murder weapon. Faced with the death penalty, Jack agreed to talk with them about another murder if the death penalty was taken off the table. They agreed, and this is when Jack admitted to the kidnapping and murder of Penny Lynn, Penny Lynn Davis. Mm-hmm. Again, this is not good. Yeah. According to Jack, he originally did not want nine-year-old Penny, but wanted her ten-year-old sister. Oh, that's not any better. Mm-hmm. I know. I mean, none of it would be it's, better, but like. Yeah, all awful. Ugh. On the day that he had decided to act on his plan, um, he called, this is where I mentioned it, where he's ca- he calls it a hunger. When yeah. he got hungry, Penny's sister did not come outside to play. So instead, he put Penny on his shoulders and they went for a ride in his truck. 
Now, remember, Penny knew Jack, so she willingly went with him. Yeah. After they drove around for a bit, he found the place where he would murder her. Jack had this to say about Penny. She knew what was going on. She asked why and started to cry. And so I grabbed her by the throat and started squeezing. Told her to shut up. Quit crying. She was crying and begging and all that good stuff. He then tied her to a tree and began torturing her by cutting her deep enough to inflict pain but not kill her. He raped and tortured her for two hours before slitting her throat. He told a cellmate that he was surprised she died so quickly. He was hoping to have had more time to torture her. He also told authorities that before he killed her, she had said this to him through her tears. You're a nice person. I don't know why you're doing this, but I forgive you. Oh, man. Nine years old. Nine years old. I would not be saying that I forgive that person. If I just. I My gosh. He admitted that this shocked him, but it didn't stop him. He also told authorities that while she was begging for her life, she promised not to tell anyone when she got home. Jack told her she was not going home. Hmm. I hate him. This guy just was, I mean, not that there's ever a reason to do any of this stuff, but, like, this guy just was just killing to kill. Yeah. Like, he just. Yeah. He's awful. Did not care. So Roy was sentenced to, so they ended up, because of the confessions, they ended up not having to go to trial, which was good for the families. Um, he was sentenced to, I'm sorry, I believe there was a, a small trial, but not, you know what I mean? Like, not like a lengthy one. I think yeah. it was mostly just. Uh, Maybe not even like a jury or Yeah, anything. I think it was just a matter of like presenting evidence or yeah. something of the sort. But Roy was sentenced to life without parole for Rita's murder, 70 years for Amanda's, and 45 and a half years for Penny's. His sisters believe he should have been sentenced to the death penalty regardless, and they no longer acknowledge his existence. Man. Which is, you know, probably honestly the biggest slap in the face to him mm-hmm. because he loved his family he and did. his sisters. And, yep. Well, and for them to, like, not acknowledge, I'm sh- I mean, I'm sure they never have talked to him. Or... Nope, they have not spoken to him since the day he went into prison. Yeah. I'm sure that that is what hurt him the most. So there is a really good um, episode of Evil Lives Here that I watched about this case. Uh, now, I have the season episode and everything to put in the show notes, but I definitely think you guys should watch it because they interview April and May, the two sisters, and they talk about the entire their life with him and how, and you can just see how absolutely distraught and destroyed these women are yeah. because they their brother did these awful things and it's just tearing them apart and it's so sad it's this it's one of the saddest shows i've watched you can just see how this man well they they obviously very much cared deeply for him at one point yeah they They took care of him yeah yeah it's just so yeah so it's been it's a bit that's a good episode um you you learn a lot about the case i did listen to a couple podcasts about the case as well but there was a lot of conflicting information from those podcasts so i'm not going to mention the names because i don't want to call them out for having false information but they were also done before this documentary came out so i think that there is just miss you know just misinformation information that they all read that was maybe not correct yeah so it's um but there's so there's there's a lot of good um information out there about this um but it is really rough to yeah to go through so um 
I don't remember how exactly I fell into this, but I wish I wouldn't have. So, but then there you were. But there I was. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the home where the Huffmans were murdered. So this is a three-bedroom, two-bath duplex built in 1986. All right, the year we were born. There it is. Um, it's a townhouse-style duplex with a two-car garage. I think I said our duplex already, but whatever. Yep. The property last sold on February 1st, 2012 for $220,700. The value of it today is six hundred fifteen thousand. Well, I know, right? And it actually looks nice. They've done a really good job of updating it. It's a very, very nice um, unit. But it's only been rented. So when the Huffmans were murdered in it, it was also rented at the time. Oh. So it's been a rental property. So it's, there's no, not a whole lot of rental history from 1986. Um, yeah. And uh, since 2009, it has not had any issues being sold. So it's... it's retained its value so it's it been updated remodeled um yeah so and then uh, i read uh one of the listings had said uh that it was recently updated with new carpet uh yeah and then it was put on the market so which i thought was funny because i think your last one said something similar to that or maybe i read that somewhere else but it kind of made me laugh updated new carpet it's like yeah, they updated a lot of things in the yeah. last one, yeah. So, yeah, so, and Washington does not require a realtor to disclose a death of, um, of a death at a property, so who knows if who's renting it knows the history, but um, that is the, mur- the uh, murders of the Huffmans and Penny Lynn Davis at the hands of the werewolf butcher Jack Owen Spillman Third. Yikes. It was gross, wasn't it? Yeah. I told you. It just, I mean, you know, some some of these people have, like, reasons, like, I, you know, even if they're saying for religious purposes, like, at least they feel like they had a purpose. But, like, this guy, it just seemed he had a hunger. Like, yep. it, it just it just seemed like he was just doing it because, hell, I can do it. I can do it. I can do what I want. Well, and it's, he seemed evil from very young age. Yeah. So... But you know, it also goes to show you, like your upbringing. If you aren't in, a, if you're not in a loving home, it's hard to feel love as an adult. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see that, but his sisters didn't do it. His, no, no, and I'm saying his yeah. sisters were great. It's yeah, like um, no, I'm seeing, I'm saying like his sisters didn't turn. Yeah, the no murder. No, I, I would hope not. Yeah, but yep. no, it just it makes me sad. It's like you, you think about it, as a child, he didn't even have a chance, so he was already too far gone then. Yeah killing little animals and things so but yeah so that's that's i'm so glad to be done with that when i was tired of researching it yeah it was just gross you can put that one yeah. in the back of the I notebook i think the next one i do i'm gonna try and not do one so awful like a light a light-hearted murder yeah i need There's... to do one with or without children involved yeah i think this is my well no, i've done two of them now with children and i don't like it but people are sick anyway yeah so, um, that's it. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys have an aw- oh awesome week. Um, again, check out our website. Yep. Is where the murder is. Dot godaddy.com. Follow us on Spotify. On where else? iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. Podbean. Podbean. We're trying to figure out the Apple. Oh, the Apple iTunes. They do is not just... make it easy. Seriously. Yeah. So, but so we we're are, trying. We're on the Samsung and the Google too. So. Yeah. Um, check out our Facebook page, Homeless Where the Murder Is, and our Instagram page as well. 
And you can email us at homeiswherethemurderis at gmail.com. You can find that on the website as well. And yeah. Yeah. So keep um, following us and we will keep coming out with really fun. Yeah. They're not fun. Not fun. I'm not. I'm tired. I'm going to bed. (laughs) We will keep coming out with more and more shows for you guys to listen to. Um, Because that's what you do. You listen. So keep up the good work. I'm listening. (laughs) Yeah, let's go to bed. I'm tired. I know, right? Okay. Okay, Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Bye.